I'm your host, Chris Swainhart, and this is Gun Stuff. Gun Stuff is dedicated to arming America, one law-abiding citizen at a time. Hey, we're going to be talking about a famous citizen just in a couple of minutes here, and whether he's law-abiding or not, mm, that'll be up to you to decide. Hey, we want to thank you guys for watching. We're starting a little bit late today, but hey, we've got a great show lined up for you today. You're going to hear from Jawless Hog Tactical. Now, Scott was out there. He was hitting it pretty hard. He's reporting back, and uh, you may not know who these guys are, but you will find out very soon, and they are very serious about training. And then also Challenge Targets. They've got some products that are affordable that you see in all the big ranges and you could have in your own very range back home. And uh, you'll learn more about them in just a little bit. Hey, uh, at this point in the show, we like to talk a little bit about current events. And I was telling you about law-abiding citizens. Well, here's Hunter Biden. And uh, if you've been watching our show regularly, you know that we're on the uh, Biden grifting pattern because we've got Joe Biden singing the shotgun song every single week as he's done for the last several years. And we appreciate their patronage. Now we're coming to the rescue of Hunter Biden, who is called up and uh, the ATF is making an example of him. They, they're pressing gun charges against him. Well, what was his violation, you ask? Well, the violation was simple. He went into the ATF and filled out the form, the ATF form, when you pick up a firearm. You have to tell everybody about yourself, whether you're a felon, whether you're on drugs or whatever. Well, he lied on the, on the, <laughs> on the form. And so now his defense for lying to the ATF is that you're taking away his Second Amendment gun rights by making him answer truthfully on the form. Now, we don't know how far he's going to get with this uh, legal argument. But, hey, we don't stand by it because, hey, we think you should be truthful. That form is there for a reason. And be honest about it. Now, the whole thing about it, of course, it's just a ruse. Yes, it's just a ruse. You know, no one really cares whether he lied about the form, whether he has to get a fine or do jail time. Hey, he's been in worse places than that. Big deal. Also, this deal about income tax evasion. Who cares? What we want to know is where did the money come from that he's made the millions, and what did he provide in return? You know, he's not a highly skilled uh, uh, board member. He has no skills at all for all these boards in China or in Ukraine. And, and in fact, it's, is it a coincidence that we are in Ukraine and that we're giving them hundreds of millions of dollars? I don't think so. I think they've got something on the Biden crime family, but that does not appear before the Justice Department. Oh, no. We're just talking about an ATF violation and income tax evasion. The whole thing stinks to me, but I don't know what you think. Put it in the comments if you don't mind. Let me bring on our co-hosts today. And here they are. Ursula, you're back from yep. Thailand, looking mm -hmm. great. And, and Scott, you're here today. Uh, you were out there working hard, uh, both in Challenge Targets and uh, Jawless Hog, right? 
Yes, sir. Yeah. Welcome back, Ursula. Represent the United States. That's so awesome. Yeah. I've been following everything that you've been posting and, mm -hmm. and everybody, all the, all the events and all the stages and everything. And it looked like a, a fantastic time. Yeah. It was a really fun match, but I don't know if Chris still want to talk about Hunter Biden. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> no, what do you okay. have to say? Go ahead, Ursula. Tell me. Why? Because he's the most famous crackhead out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, he's not going to get in trouble. We already know whether this is a total, like, distraction from everything else that's going on. It's just to have, like, that little hope for the American people. Like, yeah, you know, we have a single-tier justice system knowing darn well we don't. So it's just it's just a distraction. Like, is that something? Is that something I can sign up for? Like, like celebrity crackhead? I mean, right? can I? Can I, I mean, is that like? Can I just start showing up with, with a pipe hanging yeah. on my mouth and doing the show every week and being like, hey? Go yeah, you know, Trump's good in the in, yeah. in the talk show business. But <laughs> I would say this: Trump's mugshot is way more popular than Hunter Biden's will be. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The whole I like thing. Trump mugshot. I, I want it on a T-shirt. They actually oh. made T-shirts. The whole like, thing yeah, stinks. Oh, yeah, we already know that. Yeah, let's see here. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm trying to see if anybody's weighing in here about Hunter Biden. <laughs> but, hey, put it in the comments and tell us what you think. Uh, let me ask a question to Scott, though. It, 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 I know you have an FFL, and you have to have folks, uh, if, they're, if you're going to sell them a firearm, they're mm -hmm. going to have to fill out the form. Mm -hmm. Would you let them lie, or would you help them lie? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, you lose your, you'll lose your, uh, FFL and, you know, possibly face charges yourself. So, I mean, whoever, you know, if they knowingly let him do that, then they'll, they'll most likely be brought in with it, but with him on, on the charges as they conduct their investigation, because that's all stuff that, you know, they, 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 it's all tracked and they know who is uh, handling firearm, but mm -hmm. you know, why would you want to put yourself at that, in that position for, for that person? You know what I mean? That'd be kind of crazy. Yeah. So I, just, I wouldn't know what gun stores knowingly sold this crackhead a, a gun. That's what I would have done. Because, That's exactly like, right, all Ursula. the photos, so, like, of course, I looked up, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop, like, photos just like everybody else. And, like, he looks like like the crackhead or the tweaker right before they start selling copper. So I would have, if I was a gun store employee, I would have questions like, yeah, hmm, are you sure about this question? I think it was probably, like, maybe a 11F. Like, are you sure? Uh, yeah. I tell you what, though. I like, mean, like you, that they, they took down all the big, a lot of big crime bosses on on Rico and all that stuff, and mm -hmm. you know, and tax evasion and and things like that. So, I mean, this could be the start. This could be the start of an yeah. actual of some yeah. actual, you know, discipline. Yeah, yeah. were well, they? This is a distraction. By the way, if you folks are watching, have you have subscribed to our email list? I know Scott and Ursula have. Mm -hmm. At the bottom of every email blast that we yeah. send out, we have links to the Hunter Biden laptop. There's yep. one for the photos and one for the incriminating evidence that you can all look at. Mm -hmm. No one contests whether it's true or not. So, hey, uh, you know. <laughs> and if you follow me on Instagram, you already know I pull those photos and remind people to dry fire. <laughs> just just thought it out there. That's a very good source. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> memes. So, so, hey, make sure you subscribe to our emails because there are lots of interesting links in there and, mm -hmm. and uh, gun sales, uh, coupons and and all kinds of stuff. Hey, you know, speaking of guns, uh, I know we all like our firearms around here. Our firearm for today, uh, now I have it right here in the studio. It is the Ruger 1704 GP100. And uh, it's a fine looking firearm. I'm going to let Scott 
do the honors and introduce us and tell us a little bit about this. It, while I play with it, you can see my hand on it here. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I haven't touched the pistol in like a month. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, here, here she's about ready to take it from you. Yeah, yeah like, she's about ready to snatch it right out of your hands. I mean, yeah. playing you, with long guns. You, for... you got this. You know you have a firearm in your hand. I mean, 357. Scott, I, you know, what about a 357? How does that compare to 44? Uh, it's a little bit smaller. It's a little bit smaller, less powerful than the 44. Uh, still, you know, very extremely lethal round, especially out of the longer barrel. Uh, but this one, like I said, it's it's 357. It's six shot revolver, uh, six inch blued steel barrel. Uh, the so uh, all sta all stainless, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then um, the has the adjustable sights on the rear for target sights. Big uh, mm -hmm. thumb cock. Uh, big. Uh, Thing there to thumb cock it uh and the triggers on these are usually pretty good as far as the as far as the take up and everything once once you get it cocked in there but this one also has the one piece over molded grip uh and just about every revolver i've ever had i've replaced them with some kind of grip like this uh you know to all the different brands that i own and i actually have one of these myself it's a shorter barrel model but it has a similar grip on it um and 357 is just a you know it's been around for a long time and there's just a lot of variants of it you know so you got really good defensive rounds you got you know you can put snake shot in there you got all these different things that you can do with it you know so how's it feel ursula oh it feels pretty good so i actually like the gp100 and also the sp100 and um one reason why i actually like 38 special and also 357 is because during the ammo crisis of covid that was like one of the main calibers you can find so yeah. you couldn't find nine mil or you did find it was super expensive, but 38 special, the prices were actually uh, pretty much consistent the entire like two years of that crisis. So, mm -hmm. but no, this feels really good. I do like the adjustable sights. Um, it does have uh, a triple locking system. So pretty much your cylinder is timed really well. Um, the oversized grip is really good. So, and it also have anti-glare uh, rib on top. So. Yeah, so, I was actually thinking I was going to pick it up like a shotgun and be back here. Like, <laughs> yeah, Ursula is thinking it might be Christmas time here. Uh, I don't know if it's we're that generous around the Gun Stuff Studio. Uh, <laughs> regularly nine thirteen, the Gun Stuff price seven oh two. I think that's pretty cheap. generous. It is seven hundred bucks for an heirloom. That that thing's going to last forever. You, are you going to wear it out, Ursula? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's going to last. If, if you buy this, you already know my fingerprints have already been on it. So I'm just letting you know that uh, I think we do have one in stock. I think this is it. So. Oh, right. So we'll give it, we'll send it out uh, with Ursula's fingerprints. Make yeah, sure you and use gloves when reps. you're committing a crime. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> that'll keep uh, Ursula in there. And then you'll be in the same courthouse that Hunter Biden is. Right. <laughs> so, guys, hey, we're going to be right back uh, with our first segment right after this quick commercial break. Wolf Premium Oil. We lead the pack with advanced technology to deliver next level performance. Don't trust your investment to old technology. Wolf Premium Gun Oil protects on a molecular level by bonding to the metal, lifting dirt and carbon, creating a protective shield 150 times stronger than oil coatings, defeating oxidation and the elements. Wolf Premium Gun Oil will not leave an oily residue and is non-toxic. Get the ultimate in gun care. Lead the pack with Wolf Premium Gun Oil. Hey, welcome back. You know, we've had already some folks uh, logging in here with some comments. Let me see if I can bring them on. 
I, I, I love some of these comments. Let me see if I can find it right here. Uh, so here we go. Well, the first one is Hunter probably paid them a ton of money. Of course, he paid... Uh, who knows? Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to corruption, I don't think there's any, uh, any limit, limit yeah. <laughs> to what these people are going to do here. Absolutely. And uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, we got John uh, from Ohio, Tennessee. Uh, uh, Rick, glad to have you back. Uh, John Shriver from Oklahoma. And, and then Michael. Uh, Glacken has this interesting comment, uh, a new a drinking game. Every time Ursula says crackhead, you're supposed to drink. So oh. <laughs> this, hey, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm not joking. This show airs at yep. noon Mountain Standard Time. So yeah, yeah, it's a little I'm, bit early. I mean, I mean, yeah. you can. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, hey, it's, it's after lunch for me over whiskey. here on this side. Eggnog. I can start. We're talking I can about. get started. So y'all Eggnog. Yeah. I, I can get, get started up. too. Hey, uh, you know, we alluded to this earlier, and I'd like to get some of your comments and questions on a little bit more of a serious topic. If you look at Ursula, in fact, let me see if I can show this uh, right here in the studio. Here she is in the famous red, <laughs> white, and yep. blue. You're looking great. Thank you. And uh, you're back mm -hmm. from the trip, and let's see if we can bring it on here. Yes. So here you are in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Tell us what's going on. So um, I will, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody who actually donated to the GoFundMe. Because if it wasn't for y'all, like I would not have been able to pull off this trip. So uh, the Ipsic Shotgun World Shoot is pretty much the Olympics of practical shooting. So uh, basically, you're shooting over the course of five days, 30 stages. The stages um, actually vary from you know short stages, which is around eight rounds. So very long stages were up to like 30 rounds. So um, this particular stage right here is what we consider a short stage. And uh, basically it was just a lot of just go fast time. So <laughs> went fast and hard for five days. And uh, fortunately my team, we kind of fell a little bit short of third place. Like we lost by like just under 4%, but we had very tough competitors this one. And it was, it was still a good time. So yeah, we're already getting some comments in here. Uh, yeah, it looks looks oh. looks amazing. So it looks like all the stages that I've seen, uh, I've been following you ever, ever since you left. Uh, all the different stuff that people are posting and everything, and like the, all the stages, they've they just they went all out. You know, there's decorations on everything. Oh, yeah. everything's got a theme. You know, so what was the, what was what was your favorite stage on 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 these? Um, my favorite stage. This is actually one of them. So we were actually shooting slugs. So I don't know if you can see in the back, there are two hanging clays and those are slug targets. So for me to practice on those, I actually end up just using uh, your standard. We have challenge targets on oh, look at that. <laughs> but we had uh, basically USPSA targets and we just did headshots at, you know, 20 yards with a slug. So if we can hit that consistently. We already knew we can hit a, a hanging clay around that same distance. So um, this stage right here, uh, this was actually a long stage. So I think this was about 20 something rounds and um, it was literally just shoot, load, shoot, load, shoot, load and just keep going. So uh, I definitely had fun. I was definitely a much stronger uh, competitor than I was when I first went to the world shoot back in 2018. That was in France. And uh, I was definitely proud of my performance, but it is a team event. So. Hey, uh, uh, we got a question here. Tim Luther asks us. <laughs> this is another one of my favorite stages because uh, 
not only the stage itself, the stage design was actually pretty good. Uh, but I don't know if you noticed, but in that video, my, I cut my sleeves off because it was so hot. If you've never been to Thailand in November, it feels like Texas in the summer with no bugs. So it was like hot, humid, uh, but, but no was, bugs or lots of bugs, no bugs, oh, no bugs. Good. I was actually surprised right. there were no bugs. And I was just like, mm. yeah, I expect being over in that jungle environment. You oh, guys, yeah, I figure I was, I need like pure cancer deep, like <laughs> to be over there. And I didn't. So, <laughs> but yeah, as for the stages, because it's a kind of Olympic level, what we call it level five, uh, level five, like the highest, the hardest match out there. Uh, they went all out on decorations. They decided to go through an entire Thai themed match, and it was uh, they did not disappoint in hosting. So, and there was like forty two countries represented, and it was a uh, it was actually pretty cool meeting some of the other competitors from other countries, and especially the English speaking ones because we all speak English, not all of us, but all the English speaking countries. We all speak English, but we all don't understand each other. It would makes for a great time. We're like, what does that mean? <laughs> so like, but it was uh, it was really cool. And actually seeing the different gear and also the different um, mentalities of shooters and things like that. So Now, Tim Luther's asking, did you have any trouble coming back through customs? No, I, I did not. So to travel overseas, especially to an Asian country with a firearm, uh, you do have to have a permit prior. So when I we first signed up for the match or for the World Shoot back in March, that's when we applied for our permits. So it was funny is that our permits came back in Thai. So the only English spots on there was like our names and our guns. That was it. So like when I went and checked in, I flew Delta and they're like, Hey, you have your permit? I'm like, yeah. And I gave it to them and they're like, I can't read that. And I'm like me either. And they're like, okay, you're good. So like, okay. So I had all the paperwork, you know, going out uh, and coming back in and, um, traveling wise, it was, it was super easy. So it was just took a lot of preparation. Yeah, and uh, what are these parasols there? Uh, umbrellas. Those are you, all little little umbrellas. We call so, them parasols. Okay. In well, yeah. He, remember, he's Australian. So, I know. <laughs> yeah. And see, so. that, that would have been one of those things. Cause the they're off. There were Aussies there. We had New Zealand there, um, and also catching up with old friends from other countries. So I have friends in uh, in Greece. Uh, Northern Irish team were there. Uh, a lot of the Brits. So like, uh, there Ukraine. I we were joking. We're like, hey, our fifty first state is here. So <laughs> we're <laughs> so who were who were right. the people on your team? How many were there, and what were their names? There were I don't remember all their names. There were thirty nine. Wow, thirty nine of us representing the United States. But on my division team, there was myself, Cindy Coker, Tanil Chesterter, and also Diana Mueller. We we're on our team. So oh, on on, on my team, my four team, four person team, but there were also multiple division teams. The divisions based off of the equipment that you're shooting. So like, um, I just glanced down here. Somebody put Lena Micklet. Yeah. She was shooting on the women's standard team. So it was her, Becky Yackley and Jalise, Justine or Jalise Williams on the standard team. Mm. So there's, there were so many of us there. It was, it was good. We were definitely, we did roll in pretty deep. So if any competition you could send 40 shooters, that's close to 40 shooters. It's a good time. So here's a question I have for you, Ursula. So 2023, mm -hmm. you were there in 2018, did you yes. say? Yep. And when did you start comp competitive shooting? Oof, 2015. 
Okay, so so you're in your eighth or ninth year mm -hmm. here, yep. and uh, that's a pretty quick rocket because you know, 2018 you were only in it uh, yeah. three or four years. How did you get into that so fast? So um, USPSA, which is the big governing body of a lot of uh, practical shooting here in the United States, they put it out. Uh, hey, we have slots for the shotgun world shoot. You need to actually put in your uh, put in an application, and we're going to do our little background background check on you. I use that loosely because it was just like, hey, we're just going to check and see what matches you shot, how you place, how you are in the community. Are you going to be a good representative of the United States? Like, that's pretty much what their uh, application was. And uh, so I was like, well, hell, I mean, I came this far. Let me just not. The worst thing they can say is no. So I was actually surprised the first time I was selected. And then um, there was actually a tradition is that if you podium, you get a slot to the next world shoot. And my, that's how I ended up getting in on this one is because I had that slot. Because um, you were third the last time. I was third last time. Yep. And you, and within what, one percent, mm -hmm. two, two or three percent of this one. Yeah, yeah, in this one. But since uh, I think my chances of uh, the next shotgun world shoot is going to be Greece, and that's going to be in twenty eight. Or excuse me, my math. That's going to be in twenty six. Oh, my math is off. Um, I'm. I think I have a pretty good chance of going as well. So, um, but the. Greece one is going to be super important because one thing that we found out in Thailand is that the United or I don't know the Federation or whoever that puts on the Olympics, they're now looking at practical shooting as a exhibition sport, you know, for the Olympics. Oh, good. So nice. I'm like, great. I don't have to go for yeah. like track and skeet, which I kind of feel is boring just with my personality. I can do it, <laughs> but you want me to stand still and shoot? No, I need to run around. <laughs> like I love running around shooting. <laughs> So, um, so pretty much with that, um, whoever pretty much wins Greece is probably going to be the ones that are going to be selected to actually do the Olympics. That's going to be in LA in 28. Wow. So I have the next, uh, five years of my life pretty much doing all the gun things because I do want to win and I want to go to the Olympics. So, Hey, now Ursula, I, I'm pretty sure this link is still working. Gunstuff.tv oh. slash Ursula. I'm not sure, but you guys head on over there. Give her a Christmas present, and uh, I think she still needed a, a few bucks to finish up her expenses. So, hey, keep that in mind. Head on over there. And uh, we want to thank Ursula for representing the United States. She's a real patriot. Uh, Absolutely. You, you know, not like Megan Rappenhoe, the uh, oh yeah, the soccer player, the soccer player that goes over and badmouths the United States. See, that stuff doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, you are in literally the greatest country. When I go overseas, like there's all these other countries that are like they wish they could be American. They absolutely 100% wish they can like, like for example, me coming back to the United States, I put my shotgun back in my safe and I picked up a pistol. Cool. All right. So like they wish they can have that. So to hear that from other people outside this country, that we are the best country for all the things and then have people who like, you know, have very successful careers, especially representing this country that wants to badmouth it. I'm like, I, I think you're just doing it for clout. Like, I don't even think you're you're just getting attention at this point. That's right. Yeah. That's all they are doing. And uh, at our expense and uh, that there's no there, there's no point of, of us. uh paying for all that kind of malarkey mm -hmm. uh, to go around the world. Hey, uh, thanks a lot for the report, Ursula. Now we're going to be right back after this quick break with our first guest, Jawless Hog Tactical. Now, I don't know what on earth that means, where we got the name Jawless or Hog. Uh, I got the idea of the tactical. We're going to find out after this quick commercial break.
extend it. Welcome back. Uh, that's a pretty exciting, uh, pretty exciting report, Ursula. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell you what, you know, you light up this room in this broadcast whenever you're on it, and I know you lit up uh, the competition world when you were over there uh, and, and making great friends for the United States. And uh, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't do it with all the love and support. So. <laughs> Good job. Good job. So, so let's let's bring on our our next guest and let's see here. Nick, are you there? Uh, this is Nick from Jawless Hog Tackle. Let me see if I can bring him on. Nick, uh, there you are, Nick. Hey, tell us a little bit about Jawless Hog while I push some buttons and do a little editing here. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so basically, we're a training company, and we kind of came together, myself and our partners. We wanted to kind of bridge the gap on some training that was going on both on the LE and the uh, civilian side uh, a lot of your uh, le instructors across the board were basing all their background off of military and not that that's a bad thing not that the tactics or the different things that's run from the military side is wrong it's just a different operating tempo and a different type of uh procedure for the way le does things and the way military does things and then we wanted to branch out into the civilian world as well just to kind of help people be more competent um, teach self-defense better weapons handling skills um, you know, I seen a thing on a meme the other day that kind of hit home and it basically said that just because you have a gun doesn't make you armed no more than having a guitar makes you a musician. Mm -hmm. You know, you see people across the board, he'll drop thousands and thousands of dollars on this cool guy gear, targets, etc., but have no idea how to do something as simple as clear malfunction, a draw stroke or a reload. Uh, so we just wanted to kind of come together and provide something that was affordable, realistic, that's not range that can be transferred into the real world, not only done on a range, and kind of bridge that gap uh, in training. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, now, now, Scott, you, you were out there. How did you run into these guys? Yeah, so we were, uh, I was, we were introduced. I met Blue at SHOT Show uh, last year, and uh, he was at the HRT booth, and we've had HRT on the show, and he uh, informed me of the training classes that they put on, and and we, it took a long time for us to try and get some, you know, link up and get something together, but eventually they sent an invite and, and asked us to come out and uh, got a chance to go out and go through their night vision operator course. And uh, they were kind enough to uh, provide a spot and give us uh, some equipment, you know, like a helmet and and some uh, night vision and all that. And basically we went through and it was like an introductory course. And uh, Nick, Nick, of course, can give us a lot more detail about it, but it's a, it was a two day course. Uh, we started off with some classroom stuff. Then we went to the range and did some familiarization. And then we got into uh, some basic tactics. And, and movement and then how to zero how to maintain how to do all these different things with night vision um and it was uh it was nick would you say that was more of an entry-level course or, or advanced yeah so it's a little of both um it, it's kind of an advanced course because of safety risks and things at night run of weapons and uh in larger groups at nighttime but as far as from the night vision side it's a very basic uh, level class. It's uh, the introduction of, you know, using night vision. So that's going to be at the basic level. As far as the weapon side, it's going to be a little bit more on the advanced side, which is one of the reasons we can be uh, require the prerequisite before going through the, the night vision basic operators course. You have to have some type of weapons 
workforce, you know, through a reputable company, you know, whether it be works warrior poet society or battle line tactical, you know, some of the other ones that are out there that are, you know, doing good things. Hey, we've got some video here. Let me see if I can bring some of the video. Uh, we got several video uh, things to do here. Let me see here. Uh, and you can just tell our viewers uh, what we have. Let me see if I can get it to work. Yeah, yeah, uh, so as, so uh, the, uh, the, training and experience that you guys have. So you, like you said, you served in the military and you guys have been SWAT operators for many years, but how many years of experience would you say is combined between you guys? Uh, well over 50 years of experience combined in between it, both of us from military and law enforcement ex experience. Yeah. You know, this class right here, this is our basic, uh, night vision level one operator. Uh, looks like we're on the range. We're going through some different drills, looking in and around the night vision, you know, how to use white light while still keeping your nods down, how to look around your nods. Uh, when, when it comes to night vision, you know, a lot of people don't understand the basic setup of how big of a difference that can be for how far down on your eye the night vision is, sure. or something as simple as like adjusting the gain so it's not up super high. And those are all different things that we went through with this class so that you can still use your peripheral vision and your natural night vision um, through your natural eyes while going through the course to look up and around your nods, acquire, you know, passive shooting or your day sight, you know, illumination on the target. You know, there's a, a lot of Hollywood aspect to it to where once you run a night vision, you know that there is no white light anymore. And that's just whether it be yellow or military is not necessarily the case at all. You you can go from night vision to white light back to night vision. You know, it's just that Hollywood aspect of it. So we're kind of showing the students how you can do that. The same thing with incorporate handgun weapons lights on your handgun. Yeah, and the, a lot of the the I mean, just the minute details. So the so for myself, the last time I had uh, any kind of night vision training was it was PVS sevens. You know, like I started way yeah. back in the day. You know, when I was in the military, you had the big box, big giant box with the two. I think they were PVS twos or threes or something. And then when we had the seven the little cyclops, when we were like, oh wow, we're so high speed. But the thing is, I mean, those things have been gone for a long time. You know, yeah. I mean, as far as like out of mil, you know, the, the, like standard military service, but the is, but I didn't understand all the minute details. So when we went through this course, they were like, okay, hey, here's the, the amount of tips and tricks to make all this work together seamlessly uh, was amazing. Because every time we turned around, they're like, hey, you got that set too high. Hey, lift this up. So that way you can see under, that way you can catch your peripheral vision. You can see if someone's coming up on your right or left or whatever. And, and going through that and going through, we went through a lot of really, uh, really, simple drills but they were extremely effective hey and so what you, the, to me i remember what you were talking about earlier you know just having a guitar doesn't make you a, a an artist and I, I, just seeing all the slides there there's a lot that goes into this uh, tell us what what are some of the main uh takeaways that most of most of your people nick uh, run into yeah, some of the main takeaways they run into is they they don't they seem to overcomplicate the use of night vision. Uh, they take that and they put it into something in, into a realm or a spectrum what's that's really not as complicated as what they think. You know, simple things like how to adjust and how to do a battery change, how to how to adjust your gain. You know, it, it's kind of common knowledge, especially with civilian, even a lot of military. You know, a lot of military guys they kind of get a set of night vision thrown at them. They don't get a whole lot of training under them. They're like, hey, you know, here's your night vision. Go ahead and throw it on when it's dark. So they kind of take that and they want to turn the gain all the way up, which is what adjusts the brightness on the tube. So they want to turn that gain all the way up because they, to them, the higher the gain is, the brighter the gain is, the clearer your vision is and the more you're going to see. And in all reality, it's actually, that's not the case. The higher your 
gain is, the more it's taken away from your natural night vision of your eyes and kind of takes away from your peripheral vision. So you can, so small things like that are kind of what a lot of the students take away the most, the adjustability, you know, setting them up half over your eye instead of fully over your eye so you can look in and around them and still use your peripheral vision, keeping the night vision down, mounted the helmet, not having to flip it to the, out of the way to be able to acquire your day sight on a rifle or a handgun. Those seem to be the pretty biggest takeaways across the board. Now, who can, yeah, it, who can come to these classes? Uh, just law enforcement? I saw the, a shot of police there or any person. Uh, so that the one that you're, that how you have up on the screen, it, it's a combination. There's uh there's LEO professionals in there as well as your everyday law-abiding, you know, proud Second Amendment citizens in there. Uh, this isn't a closed course. It's not a course that's only provided to law enforcement. It's open to civilians as well. And it's also open to somebody who maybe might be thinking about getting the night vision, whether it be for hunting, self-defense, or just making their self better, but you know, maybe they're not sure. You know, so we can kind of come in, we can provide you a full setup. We can provide you an IR aiming device. We can provide you a PBS 14 white phosphorus binocular goggle. Uh, we can provide you the, the bump helmet, the ballistic helmet, the mount. You know, we can get you fully set up to come to the class where all you have to do is just kind of show up with your, your personal weapon systems and your ammunition, and we can set you up to go through the class if it's something you're trying to essentially dabble your foot in and see if it's a route you want to take. That way you don't have to have that out front money before you go through the class, and then you can make your determination after. But it's completely open to all you know, all law-abiding citizens as well as LE. Hey, so Ursula, uh, when, when people go hunting, a lot of folks can hunt at night because a lot of species, that's when they're doing their mm -hmm. damage, right? Ursula? Oh, I, like, I work graveyards, man. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I work graveyards. She's like, I hunt at night every night. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Just for the drinking game. Yeah, crackheads are up late at night, especially right. tweakers <laughs> taking apart <laughs> backyards at 3 o'clock in the morning. And they all have warrants. So <laughs> That they do. That's a hundred percent fact right there. Yeah. They all got warrants. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, one of the one of the cool things one of the cool things about the class also was that uh, for those people wanting to get into it, like you said, you don't have to have it. You don't have to have all the equipment up front. So you so I was able to show up without the equipment. I just showed up with my rifle, my pistol, and and they set me up. But while we while I was there, you have all these different people from all these different walks of life. Some people bring their own stuff, some people have all these. So you get a chance to see and check out and experience all the equipment so you know if you think you you know you just want to do a monocular or, or dual tube or whatever you don't know what you want you don't know what you like you get to try all the lasers you know from you get to see everybody's kit and you get to see everybody operate and you're like oh well i like the switch setup on that on that uh aiming solution or that aiming device uh so and i like the you know the controls on this one i like that helmet i like you know you can go and basically sample all these different things and then when you leave, you know what you want. And then the only problem is you can show up with some good stuff and walk away and go, damn, I want more good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I do appreciate about Jala's Hog here is that yeah. um, they don't have like, I call it like the permit scheme of training companies where in order to take that level class, you have to take like, you know, pistol 101, rifle 101, and, you know, like five other classes just to even be eligible for that class. The fact that they're like, hey, as long as you have like some other class that you've taken with a reputable company, you can yep. take this class. Hey, so uh, my producer is telling us uh, right here that uh, we're over time. So, so Nick, uh, the folks that listen to this on podcasts can't see your URL. So why don't you do the honors and tell our listeners uh, how they can find out more about uh, your services. Yeah, absolutely. It's simple. We we run a uh, 
again, a plethora of classes, both civilian and law enforcement, everything from vehicle engagements to, you know, close quarters combat, basic rifle and pistol, advanced rifle and pistol, night vision. Uh, all that information um, you can find out on our website, which is uh, jawlesshogtactical.com. Uh, there'll be descriptions, uh, requirements, ammunition count, gear requirements, et cetera. It's all there on the website. All right. Hey, well, thanks so much for spending your time with us. And uh, uh, you guys at home, check it out, jawlesshogtactical.com. And uh, we're going to be right back after this quick commercial break. It's time for something different. Challenge Targets manufactures the most innovative targets in the world. If you're looking for new ways to improve your training, sharpen your skills, or spice up your home range, you need to check us out. Challenge Targets produces durable, commercial-grade targets that engage and challenge the shooter. If you're a firearms instructor, a match director, a competitive shooter, or anyone who loves to shoot and values high-quality products and top customer service, Challenge Targets is the company for you. Challenge Targets, world-class targets from a company you can trust. Are you up to the challenge? Welcome back. And uh, if you haven't subscribed to our email blast, make sure you do so. Go to the bottom of every page at gunstuff.tv and uh, push the button there. Give us your information and, and you'll be saving a lot on all kinds of shooting products. Now let's bring on our next guest here. And let me see if I can get this to work. Here we go. And Challenge Targets. And you're right there, Brad. Brad, why don't you tell us a little bit about Challenge Targets, how you guys got started. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, I'm the owner and president of Challenge Targets. I started the company myself uh, 12 years ago. Um, we have a 14,000 square foot facility. Uh, we operate out of uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, we make all types of what I like to call commercial grade targets uh, and target systems. So that, that consists of steel targets, paper targets, cardboard targets, pretty much anything that you'd use for training or competition or uh, just recreation. You know, our primary customer base started with um, uh, law enforcement, and uh, so we did a lot of law enforcement, a lot of military, um, competitive shooters, professional shooters, firearms instructors. Uh, and then what we started to learn is that there's a lot of people out there who have spent a lot of money on guns, and they have property, and they want good commercial-grade equipment that is going to last their lifetime. So... Uh, we, you know, that's that's probably about half of our market now is just uh, what we call serious shooters who, um, you know, they want uh, good quality targets that are going to last. Mm -hmm. No, I'm looking at uh, Scott. It looks like, did I see you on this video? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so I got with uh, Brad and I went and picked up a unit. Uh, we have a unit on TNE right now. I'm going to take it to a couple shoots and then, uh, and and then we'll get it back to him. But the the what we're doing here is we're going through setup of this particular model. And the, and it's one of those things, once I got the target and I got it home and I got it in action, I realized why it's called challenge targets. Uh, it's one of those things. I was like, this is not, you know, one, this, the quality is, is very good. The, the steel is, is phenomenal. Everything that the cuts in the, in the welds and all the grinding on the edges and everything, everything's very clean. Everything looks, everything looks fantastic. Um, 
and the quality of the steel is really good too i mean we shot we shot them and shot them and shot them and no no dents no dings nothing like that you know and uh, of course we were shooting them with the proper calibers and stuff but this is one of those things that once we started shooting we by the time we were done you know at the end of one day of shooting we were getting better and better you know just because of the complications involved with this as you can see you hit a, an activator plate on here and this thing this target just starts going haywire and to get a, a good you know a zone hit was difficult we we call the, this family of targets the texas star target mm -hmm. so some of your viewers have probably heard that term before yep. um that's kind of where it all started, and then we got into these variations of it uh, that that make things more complicated. Yeah. Um, See, yeah. we have a, <laughs> in a shooting we have a, a a word for we call it the whirly woos, and we also call it effery. So like, the ah. word, <laughs> like how am I okay? Like, and then we kind of figure it out. You shoot one side, get all the way at the bottom. Like that's how you do it. Life hack right there. So if you're just getting yeah. into competition oh. shooting and you come across one of these, take one side first and put it all the way at the bottom if it's moving. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. think I think it'd make a big difference, uh, Ursula. Like when yeah. you were yeah. out there competing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm guessing you guys didn't just uh, practice on paper targets only. No, we practiced on still. Uh, moving still because there were swingers at the world shoot. There were paper swingers that we had to hit with buckshot. So like how this uh, uh, paper is swinging back and forth. Yeah, have to hit that with buck and have and have and have to have a minimum of two out of nine pellets inside the A zone. So like yeah, wow, like definitely definitely challenging. I did a match in Texas like six seven years ago, and they had a Texas star. Uh, at a hundred, like a hundred and twenty yards, rifle only. So you're running two, two, three on it from a wobbly bridge. Oh wow! Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> so like pretty much you're offhand on this wobbly bridge doing a Texas star. So yeah, <laughs> it man. was like, oh. I mean, yeah, we got a chance to get stage. Got a chance to go in and uh, when I picked up the target and and take a tour of the facility and everything as well and. Um, so you guys have all the targets, right? So you've got yeah. targets rated up to all the calibers. Uh, we're right now we're just featuring more of the moving ones because those look better on camera. But you guys offer you offer everything, right? We have, um, you know, gong plates would be the most simple. You know, a plate that hangs from chains, uh, pepper poppers, dueling trees, plate racks, um, anything you can think of in terms of targets. Uh, the, the the people who are you know, we and we see people graduate. You know, they they buy a gong plate and hang it from chains, and then they buy some poppers that have their spring loaded, and they buy a hostage target with a swinging plate that swings side to side, and then they then we've got a a man sized target with a chest you know cavity with a hinge that flips up. You know, so they kind of progress in terms of what what they want to do with their training or just you know what they want to do for fun. Um, and, and these moving targets are are uh, Scott. Scott's right. I mean, there's there's a learning curve to to tracking and and uh, and shooting these targets, and it's an acquired skill. And you get when you you, you definitely see yourself get better. Um, <laughs> she cringed when that one came up. Do you see that? You see her face. Y'all don't know the red plates are what we will consider no shoots. Uh, yeah. Or 
um, depending on the, the game, depending on it, the, it could be the white targets that are going to be your no shoots. So yeah. a trick that we do here, instead of having like a 10 spoke one, we'll actually, in my local match, we'll take two Texas stars and put one full of no shoots in front and <laughs> the actual target one in the back. So like, yeah, we'll do that's that what type of stuff. in this video there. Yeah. It's like the that. police department. They've got, they shoot one red plate that starts the back hub moving. And then the drill was to shoot the white plates off without hitting the red plates that are moving behind it. And it's, it's very, very difficult to do. Yeah. Uh, these are structures uh, and they, they mastered it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an incredible lineup. And uh, so what type of warranty do these products have? I, you know, if they're being shot at, I you know, the three minute warranty or, or what? <laughs> uh, like I said, we designed the stuff to last forever. Um, we have a, a one year warranty against manufacturing defects. Um, we sell I don't know, thousands of orders every year. Um, and I have probably two or three warranty claims per year. Um, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. It's uh, the stuff we build everything to last. Uh, and, it, you know, it's it's really uh, it's really we've been fortunate that the stuff's held up as good as it has. Uh -huh. So, a comment just popped up on Facebook. Uh, Tyler Grochan, if I pronounce your last name right, uh, he said, "I struggle with Texas stars. This double star thing, this double star triggers my ADHD." So, <laughs> Texas stars. All right, this is going to be a, a big uh, shooter tip right here. So, you got your five plates. Depending on how it's set up, you're always going to go for the top plate first. Then you're going to go for either your 10 and 2 and then 5 or 7. The goal is to get as much weight at the bottom of the plate where it's, or bottom of the um, of the star so therefore it's easier to shoot down there. Move less. Swinging. Yeah. Right. Just start swinging. Just wait for the pause because like it's going to you know come to some spot here and then go back. That's the spot where you want to shoot it is when it gets to that little pause. Gets to so, the apex. Yeah, the apex of the, of the swing. So there you go. Like that. Yeah. On that that's Texas harder stars. to do. A lot harder to do on those targets that have more than one axis. Uh -huh. So the tech star just has that one hub in the center. Mm -hmm. When you start getting into the three hub and the four hub version, yeah, that looks devilish. Your, your mind can't process with the Texas star. You know before you pull the trigger when you hit that plate what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. With the other targets, multiple spindles, you can't you can't process that. At least I can't. I can't process. <laughs> That's what we were trying to figure out. So, like on the on the one that we have, the one that you that you sent for uh, sent with us, uh, we, it can go triple, right? And you can put one of those on the front of the carriage, and you can put one of those on the back of the carriage, if I'm not mistaken. If you, yeah. so, I mean, you could have up to 18, 18 targets oh, swinging, at, in in like fifteen different directions <laughs> at, at one at any given time. And I'm just like, we were just like that would just that would yeah. just smoke me. You know, it's a lot more mind. fun than just sitting at paper targets, but you probably sell oh, some, yeah. you yeah. probably sell some stationary and paper targets too. Well, do, we do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So so Brad, we're gonna have to wrap this up here. We, we want to have you back on again, because uh, I know Scott is still working and 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 shooting uh, your targets and we're mm -hmm. gonna have some more footage in the future. But yeah. until that time for our podcast listeners, uh, I know our viewers can read it on the screen, but uh, t tell our podcast listeners how they can find out more about Challenge Targets. So all the products are listed on our website, which is challengetargets.com. Hey, thanks so much, mm -hmm. uh, Ursula. 
Yeah. We're glad you're back safe and sound. Yes, thank you. Uh, what about the food? Oh my God, I gained like 10 pounds. Like I was not prepared <laughs> <laughs> for all the good. And even though I don't eat meat, there was like so many great like veggie dishes. I was not prepared for all the rice and noodles I ate, but yeah, everything was great. Spice was awesome. If you like spicy foods, Thai is definitely the way to go. So yeah, yeah, no, nice. it was good. Scott, uh, I, I just want to give you a word out. This I don't think this is going out live. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I just want to make sure you don't pad your expense report by putting time <laughs> in on that challenge targets because that looks like way too much fun. You are not no, no, getting like, paid. I spent $5,000 in bullets yeah. on that target. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to forget about that. Remember now, until next time, get your stuff from Gun Stuff. <laughs>